It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. You know the promo code. Podcast one over at betonline.ag. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Evan Silva himself. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Evan Silva. This is the critically acclaimed, often imitated, never duplicated Tears of Evan podcast wide receiver edition, which gives you a huge edge in your fantasy leagues. Speaking of huge egg, egg, oh my gosh. Can you even talk, Ross? See, this is how we differentiate ourselves from other podcasts, Evan. Other people would go back and they would edit out the fact that I just said eggs twice instead of edge. But I'm not going to do that because I'm confident enough in who I am and eggs are delicious. You know what else is delicious? Getting a massive edge over your competition at PFF Fantasy. Sign up at pff.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% on your order. You can use their data driven projections and matchup tools to find breakout players. Sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. And if you are a high stakes guy, join PFF Elite to access their Green Line game picks. For NFL and college games, Greenline shows you which picks have the highest confidence to beat the spread, money line, over, under. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to pff.com. Use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time. Speaking of limited, Evan, We have a limited amount of opportunities, as you know, in the season-long redraft league to go head-to-head against you and I. I don't know if you you did see it because I saw you liked it on Twitter. Yesterday's winner was Tony Kehoe, who not only has an unbelievable restaurant that he buys everything via Amazon through the banner ad at RossTucker.com, he also literally had a Ross Tucker football podcast flag that he was driving all around Florida, which is just amazing. Today's winner, just as amazing, Dan LaMagna, who's the dean of students at Lackawanna College in northeastern Pennsylvania. You know what this guy did? Not only did he send several sponsor confirmation emails showing proof that he took advantage of some of our sponsors at RossTucker.com, and he rated and reviewed the shows. He also offered me a speaking gig at his college. I mean, that is sweet. So, yeah, you're getting in. You offer me a speaking gig? Yeah, you'll, you'll get in. You guys know how to be creative. I'll give you credit for that. I, th- this has been unbelievable. This has been one of the coolest things I've ever done. This is amazing. You guys are amazing. I'm just telling you for next week, Manscaped and or Patreon. Just remember I told you, you have evidence now. Manscaped, Patreon. Before we get to Evan and the tears, one last thing I need you to know, Evan, before we get to the tears. 
How about the best ball that you can play at Yahoo now? Yahoo Fantasy is all over. With best ball, you draft your fantasy football team, that's it. I know you already know this, Evan, but some folks are new to the podcast. It is all about the best part of fantasy football, the draft. I don't like doing mock drafts and having other players drop out early or not finish the draft. Best ball is where it's at. Huge, huge best ball fan. Can't get enough fantasy football, but don't want to have to manage the teams all season. That's why you can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or play for cash. Up to you. Most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join the league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. Yahoo.com slash best ball. Let's do it, Evan. It is time for Tears of Evan Wide Receiver Style. Mr. Silva, let us start with tier one where, wow, just, you know, it's not that surprising, Evan, but still just to see it. Devontae Adams is your wide receiver one. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver two. Odell Beckham, wide receiver three. Then you've got Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, I like that he's ahead of a certain guy that we'll get to in Tier 2. And Mike Evans rounds out Tier 1 for you. These are locked-in wide receiver ones. They can carry NFL passing games in real life. They can carry your fantasy team. Devontae Adams is at number one. We talk a lot about the number two and number three receivers in, in Green Bay and you know that that's you know fun to track and that's a training camp battle to watch. But the fact that there's a lack of clarity there is also just more and more reason to have Devontae Adams as the number one overall fantasy receiver. Uh, tied for the league lead in targets per game last year, has scored double-digit touchdowns in three straight years, and during those seasons ranked third, third, and first in the NFL in red zone targets. I think that he has the highest floor and perhaps the highest upside um, at least in terms of just pure touchdown scoring uh, in uh, among all wide receivers. DeAndre Hopkins has been just maybe the most bankable fantasy receiver uh, in terms of air yards opportunity. We've talked a lot about how um, how air yards uh, are, are maybe the most predictive or one of the targets of the number one. 
but air yards are number two in terms of predictability year over year um, at the wide receiver position. DeAndre Hopkins has finished top three in air yards in each of the last two seasons, and he's only missed one game in six years in the NFL. He's played in 99% of the games that he's been eligible for. Uh, and then the the one game that he missed, I believe, was a Week 17 game. So just super, super reliable. Uh, Eli Manning kind of ha- has gotten worse, you know, every year since Odell Beckham entered the league. And I think that Baker Mayfield will be the best quarterback of, of Eli Manning's career so far. Um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s career. Odell Beckham Jr.'s career so far. Of, of Odell Beckham Jr.'s career. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then Baker Mayfield, uh, down the stretch, after Freddie Kitchens took over the offense, was uh, the fourth most accurate uh, quarterback in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus's charting. So, And Eli Manning was toward the bottom last year. So I think that there's going to be an element of Odell Beckham helping Baker Mayfield and an element of Baker Mayfield helping Odell Beckham to the point where I think that Odell Beckham will be just highly, highly efficient this season. I don't think he's got as much target upside as Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins or um, Julio Jones uh, or even Michael Thomas or Juju Smith-Schuster, but I think his efficiency, uh, he might be the most efficient receiver in the NFL this year in that offense. Um, Julio Jones, four straight seasons of over, I'm sorry, five straight seasons of over 1,400 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill has been a top five fantasy receiver in back-to-back seasons, had him wide receiver 18 for most of the spring when there was a lot of concern that he would miss time. Now apparently he's going to miss no time. Uh, So I moved him all the way up to wide receiver five as soon as we got that news. Michael Thomas at wide receiver six, coming off a a 125 reception season. I do think that that's going to go down. Uh, They added uh, Jared Cook. They're not a pass-heavy team anymore uh you know that they were for a really long time and their defense has gotten better and they've they've got a great offensive line and they they like to run the ball especially when they have a lead um and i think that they're going to continue to have a lot of leads uh juju smith schuster at wide receiver seven was number four in the nfl in targets last year and the steelers are now missing the fifth most targets from last year's team uh in the league Uh, With no Antonio Brown, Jesse James is gone. There's just a lot of opportunity that has arisen in Pittsburgh. And this team led the NFL in pass attempts last year. So Juju Smith-Schuster's target upside is just through the roof. It's another situation kind of like with Devontae Adams. You know, we talk a lot about like Dante Moncrief and James Washington competing. And Deontay Johnson has thrown his his name into that, uh, that mix now and you know, we talk about what is Vance McDonald going to do, but you know, kind of lost among all that is that Juju Smith-Schuster is the locked-in wide receiver one on that team, and uh, a great, great second-round fantasy pick. Uh, and then to round out this tier, Mike Evans. Um, you know, he is top. He's been finished top five in air yards in four straight years. I think he is a great fit, at least on paper, for Bruce Arians vertical passing game I think it's going to be sort of like a um, a Randy Moss slash Wes Welker uh, Calvin Johnson slash Golden Tate effect with Mike Evans on the outside and Chris Godwin 
on the inside. And this team's going to be a shootout team. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul is not going to be ready until midseason at the soonest. And then Levante David uh, just recently underwent uh, a knee procedure, uncertain if he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, and maybe he and he might be hindered. And those are like their, you know, they're probably their best two defenders in Tampa Bay. They cut Gerald McCoy, um, so they're going to have to score points to stay competitive. Let's get to tier two. You've got Keenan Allen, wide receiver nine; Amari Cooper, wide receiver ten; T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver eleven; Antonio Brown, wide receiver twelve. Then you've got back-to-back Vikings. Adam Thielen, wide receiver 13. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver 14. And you got a Patriot. Join Edelman wraps up tier two, wide receiver 15. Tier one was locked in wide receiver ones. These guys are kind of on the wide receiver fringe, but they are definitely capable of scoring in that first tier range. Keenan Allen, a guy we used to talk about, or people used to talk about as being injury prone, back-to-back 16-game seasons. Um, Mike, Mike Williams emergence and Hunter Henry coming back, I think are concerns for Keenan Allen's ceiling. Uh, but he's still a rock solid pick. Uh, have him in, at wide receiver nine, Amari Cooper at wide receiver 10, including the playoffs last year, Amari Cooper played in 11 games for the Cowboys. If you extrapolate his receiving pace over those 11 games to 16, it would be 96 catches. For 1,303 yards and 10 touchdowns on 137 targets. And that was all accomplished um, having to learn an offense on the fly uh, in Dallas. Now he's got a a full offseason with Dak Prescott. He's in a contract here. Uh, Amari Cooper is a guy that I like to draft right now. Uh, And he's going to be the clear-cut focus of that passing game. The Cowboys have started to play faster. Uh, Pat Thorman wrote about this for us at EstablishTheRun.com, and as they've started to play faster and uh, dial up more plays and not just be a keep-away team, um, you know that creates more opportunity uh, in the passing game, more opportunity for everyone running like three, four, five uh, more, more plays per game. It is very, very beneficial over a 16-game season. Uh, T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver 11 last year battled uh, quadricep groin, shoulder, hamstring, and high ankle injuries. He led the NFL in receiving yards per game from weeks 10 through 17. Knock on wood, he's been healthy so far in training camp. Uh, And over five seasons, over the last five seasons, he's played with Andrew Luck, leaving out that Jacoby Brissett year. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has averaged 80 catches for 1,255 yards per season. Uh, Antonio Brown, boom-bust pick. Uh, You know, we've already seen him miss a, a ton of time in training camp with this this weird foot infections. Um, he is severely downgrading quarterbacks from Ben Roethlisberger to Derek Carr in a probable losing environment. You know, is are things going to get messy toward the end of, of the season? The Raiders have a win total of six. Uh, they have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL. Um, so he, he's actually a guy that I, I've not drafted uh, at all so far. I know that people are still – very much banking on you know just how many targets he's going to get, but he's going to be highly inefficient this year, I think. And he really he took a step back last year in a lot of uh, relevant metrics. His his yards per target and his yards per route run were both seven year lows. He's uh, 31 years old now, um, 
and uh, I, you know he is he's I think he's just a little bit too risky for where people are willing to take him. Um, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs neck and neck had him neck and neck last year uh, as well, and they finished neck and neck, and I have him neck neck and neck again this year. Uh, the one issue for these guys is that the Vikings appear to be much more committed to the running game this year than they were last season with John DeFilippo. He was their OC for uh, 13 games last year, and he was very much a, a pass game believer. Um, but we're, but Mike Zimmer wants this team to run the ball a lot more, and so that would take away opportunity from Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Um, and I think they want to use, you know, Kirk Cousins as a game manager. Julian Edelman at wide receiver 15. He has not participated so far in training camp due to, um, I believe it's a, a broken finger. Uh, but he is fully expected to be ready for week one. Um, he is 33 years old, but he just won the friggin' Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and if you look at his, just isolate his last 16 games, playoffs, um, you know, he got suspended to open last season, so we're going back a little bit into 2017. He's 156 targets over his last 16 games for 105 catches, 1,325 yards, and six touchdowns. He has 85 plus yards or a touchdown, or and or a touchdown in 13 of those 16 games, 81%. So that is high level consistency, and wide receiver is the least consistent position or one of the least consistent positions in all of fantasy tier three, Evan, it appears to be your smallest tier. I always think it's interesting when you have a small tier in the middle of some bigger ones, you've got Tyler Lockett wide receiver, 16, Chris Godwin. Wow. Wide receiver, 17, Brandon cooks, wide receiver, 18, another back-to-back teammates, Robert Woods, wide receiver, 19, and then Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 20. Did Boyd get a little uh, A.J. Green injury bump there, Evan? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, he actually averaged fewer fan- He averaged 4.6 fewer PPR points per game without A.J. Green in the lineup last year. Um, so, But some of those games were played by uh, Jeff, were quarterbacked by Jeff Driscoll. And, I mean, it's not like I was going to move – Tyler Boyd down because AJ Green went out. You know, I, I moved him up. He he rounds off this tier at wide receiver twenty. He's going to play the Cooper Cup role under uh, Zach Taylor. He is, and you know their offensive line problems. I think could actually help him um, because they're going to have to do more quick hitting stuff. They're going to have to get the the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands quickly, um, and I think that that could benefit him and to some extent Joe Mixon. Uh, in the passing game. But I think that Tyler Boyd right now, before I question his, questioned his upside, I never had a, a problem with his his floor. Uh, so I was below him on below consensus on him throughout the spring. Uh, but the fact that AJ Green is gone or at least for at least for a couple of games and then you know his health is going to remain a question mark thereafter, um, I, I uh, liked Tyler Boyd's upside a lot more. So now to me, he is a high ceiling or high floor, high ceiling pick. And that's exactly what I want in fantasy. Tyler Lockett begins this tier. Uh, He is coming off a season where he scored 10 touchdowns on 70 targets. That's it's hard to score a touchdown every seventh target. Right. But 
Um, he's going to get a lot more targets this year. Doug Baldwin uh, retired. And Tyler Lockett is going to move into the slot this season with DK Metcalf and uh, David Moore, it looks like, on the outside. And last year, Tyler Lockett uh, ran 60% of his routes inside in the four games that or the, the majority of four games that Doug Baldwin missed. And Tyler, Dom- Tyler Lockett dominated on slot routes, was targeted in the slot 29 times, caught 26 of them for 454 yards and five touchdowns. So, like, you, you can't cover Tyler Lockett in the slot. This guy's like a kick returner. He's a punt returner. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to be an absolute beast this season. Have him at wide receiver 16. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 17. Moving into the slot under Bruce Arians, where Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward, Reggie Wayne all flourished. Larry Fitzgerald had 100-plus catches three times under Bruce Arians in that slot role. Reggie Wayne only spent one year under Bruce Arians, uh, but in that slot role he had over 100 catches that season in 2012. The Bucks are missing the fourth most targets in the league from last year, and this passing game is going to be voluminous and uh, condensed because we're moving on from Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson. They don't really throw to their running backs. It's going to be the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard show. Uh, Brandon Cooks, there was a lot of talk last offseason that he was going to be a decoy, that he was going to take over that Sammy Watkins role and just be a decoy. He That was wrong. Uh, he had the, the most receiving yards of his career at 1,204, still ascending, not even 26 years old yet, has gone over 1,000 yards in four straight seasons. Uh, I think that Robert Woods could lose some volume with Cooper Cup coming back, but he's a really stable floor pick, uh, and he I think he's developed a great, great rapport with Jared Goff, um, so that takes care of that tier. Um, the next tier is tier number four, and you've got DJ Moore is wide receiver 21, followed by Kenny Galladay, Mike Williams, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, and Alshon Jeffrey. So these guys, they have some shakiness. All the guys in this tier have some, they're a little bit shakier, but I still like them as draft picks, as wide receiver two slash threes. Um, and, you know, it's a mix of guys like breakout candidates and established veterans and um, like sophomores that still have question marks about them. Uh, but DJ Moore leads off the tier. He led all rookies who drew at least 50 targets in yards per route run uh, as a rookie. He only averaged 24.8 snaps in the Panthers' first six games, and then he averaged 56.3 snaps the rest of the way. Um, So he was very much eased in for the first month and and a half of his rookie season, uh, but then he was a full-time player the rest of the way, and he's going to be a full-time player this year. Kenny Galladay, big-time talent. Uh, but he did average 2.7 fewer targets per game in games that were played by Marvin Jones. And then you're adding in more passing game competition with Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson on a team that wants to run the ball. So Kenny Galladay, while this is a player that I have believed in really from, from day one, um, I do question you know, what is his ceiling in terms of how much usage he's going to get. Uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, well, Mike, let's go to Mike Williams at wide receiver 23. Mike Williams last year scored 10 touchdowns 
on 64 catches. That's an absurd rate. Um, I'm sorry, on 64 targets. Uh, that is an absurd rate for Mike Williams. Of course, that's kind of what he does. You know, you go back and watch him play at Clemson, and that's what he does. Uh, but, uh, that, I mean, I think that with Hunter Henry there, it's going to be a little bit difficult for him to repeat. You, what you want is his targets to come up. Cooper Cup at wide receiver 24, I have him ranked third among the Rams' uh, three-receiver set. Uh, but, you know, I have all the wide receivers for the Rams within the top four, 24 receivers. So I think this is a reasonable ranking for him. He usually goes uh, a little bit before I'm willing to even consider him uh, in drafts. And people are just kind of, I think, totally brushing off the ACL and like giving him the benefit of the doubt and drafting him as, as if the ACL never happened. I do think that it could be a problem for him early in the year. He's a quick twitch, short area winning slot receiver. And I mean, he needs to be able to move, you know, laterally on his knees. Allen Robinson at wide receiver 24. This is a guy that I want on my teams this year. Uh, over the last five games last year, he averaged nine targets per game. Cream the Eagles in the playoffs, 10 catches for 143 and a touchdown. Um, and over, if you just extrapolate his last 16 games, you know, he's, uh, he's at like 80 catches for 1,200 yards. Uh, and people aren't drafting him aggressively, and I, I think that that's a mistake. This is his second year in the offense. Uh, he was a big fade for me uh, last year, uh, and, you know, that worked out. That was, I think it was just obvious. You know, he was coming off the ACL year. He was, you know, had to learn everything uh, new playing with the new quarterback. Uh, and now this is, you know, this is going to be Allen Robinson's time to shine. Calvin Ridley is another guy that goes higher than I think that he should um, as a, a, a complementary receiver in an offense that is not going to throw as much as it did last season. Uh, he scored touchdowns at an unsustainable rate, and then and then he didn't score touchdowns at all. Like regression hit him even last season. He didn't have any touchdowns in the last six games. You've got Austin Hooper there. You've got Julio Jones there. You got Muhammad Sanu. You got Devontae Freeman coming back. You know, you have a team that finished uh, 30th in the NFL in uh, uh, rushing attempts last year, and that number is almost certainly going to go up because their defense is going to be better and they're going to be winning more games. Um, Robbie Anderson at wide receiver 27. You know, definitely some inconsistency to him, uh, but so far. Uh, it sounds like in Jets camp, the Jets truly have made a commitment to expanding his route tree and getting him the ball on routes that are not just, you know, goes and flies. Um, this is a contract year for Robbie Anderson. I love the, the on-field rapport that he established with Sam Darnold during the final four games of last season. Um, and But he, he is very much a volatile uh, wide receiver three pick. And then Alshon Jeffrey rounds out this tier. Um, you know, he plays in a, a prolific offense. He really has not been a big time fantasy producer since he left Chicago. Uh, but he's been solid and we know, we know that he has touchdown upside and he can realize that touchdown upside, hit that touchdown ceiling on a team like the Eagles, which I think is just going to live in the red zone this year. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. They got a lot of weapons, man. I mean, even 
Miles Sanders has looked good. Jordan Howard, I think, is the guy they want to feature down in the red zone and certainly in the goal line. Dallas Goddard is unbelievable. I mean, he's really, really impressive. So I'll, I'll just be curious to see um, how many red zone touches all these guys end up getting. I even mentioned Zach Ertz. Uh, let's get to Tier 5, Evan. Christian Kirk, Sammy Watkins, Dante Pettis, Will Fuller, A.J. Green, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, Kiki Kuti, I just like saying that name, Cortland Sutton, Curtis Samuel, Larry Fitzgerald, and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, so this is a big, big tier. Um, kind of consists of some breakout candidates and veterans that are established but uh, might have uh, like capped ceilings. Um, you look at Christian Kurt, Dante Pettis, Cortland Sutton. They have realistic shots to emerge as the number one receivers on their teams after pretty promising rookie seasons. Um, Sammy Watkins did not get that Tyreek Hill suspension bump that was anticipated, has not cleared 600 yards since 2015 while missing time with glute, calf, ankle, right foot, and left foot injuries and a concussion during that time span. Um, With that said, you know, when he was healthy last year, Sammy Watkins was an upside wide receiver too. Um, So I'm still very much willing to draft him. Uh, Will Fuller, over his last 16 games, he has 56 catches for 891 yards and 11 touchdowns, despite the fact that he's really not been healthy uh, that entire time. Um, A.J. Green, this is where A.J. Green fell. You know, he went from my wide receiver 9 to my wide receiver 33. Uh, it sounds like he's going to miss at least the first two games. When they did the ankle scope, it sounds like they discovered more damage than anticipated. Uh, so that is scary for an over 30 receiver who, you know, he has battled foot problems in recent years. Marcus Valdez Scantling, I moved him way up because I wanted to make sure that he's in a, a position where um, the readers have a real good chance to get him. Uh, where I have, because, you know, when I'm dra- drafting off these tiers, uh, I want to make sure that I have a real good chance to get him because I want him on my team. He's six foot four, 206. He runs 437. Whenever Aaron Rodgers has talked about the Packers receivers, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling has been included as a starter in three receiver sets. Um, You know, I I like Geronimo Allison, but I think that Geronimo Allison is the floor play and Marcus Valdez-Scantling is the the ceiling play and ceiling plays win leagues. Um, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 35. This is a guy who really doesn't have a big ceiling anymore. Uh, especially after uh, Odell Beckham's addition. He's going to be atop the target pecking order there. Jarvis Landry coming off a career-low 81-catch year. But I think that the the point to which Jarvis Landry has fallen in a lot of drafts, he even falls past wide receiver 35, which I have him here, um, in a lot of drafts that I participate in, he's still a really solid third receiver pick. Um, so, And I think he's going to have big games because there are going to be games and plays where Odell Beckham attracts so much attention uh, that Jarvis Landry and David Njoku are going to be the beneficiaries on the field. Marvin Jones, another high floor, low ceiling wide receiver three on a run first team. Corey Davis has been really inconsistent to this point in his career. And 
worried about a target squeeze in Tennessee. Another run-first team where they added A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker is back. So, you know, that doesn't make me feel great about Corey Davis um, being any anything more than just kind of like another cog in that passing game. Um, the Texans' offensive line is still a big problem, and Kiki QT ran those shallow depth routes last year, which allowed him to rack up a ton of production, and I think he's going to be a PPR asset right off the bat. He played in uh, five games where he uh, logged at least 30 snaps last season. These are his stat lines. 11 catches for 109, 6 for 51 and a touchdown, 3 for 33, 5 for 77, and 11 catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cortland Sutton only caught... 50% 50% of his targets last year, you know, want to see a higher catch rate than that. But he became just the eighth second round rookie receiver in the last decade to go over 700 yards. Another, uh, other guys that fall into that bucket, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, you know, like that bucket that Cortland Sutton falls in. And again, he can lead this. He can be the Broncos number one receiver. He led him in air yards last year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard, they are you know the established but um, volume-based uh, veteran picks. Uh, I think that Sterling Shepard's upside did increase when Golden Tate was suspended. Uh, Curtis Samuel, 80-plus yards into a touchdown, 8 of 13 games last year, and he was very much a, a part-time player. He's going to be the clear number two receiver in Carolina this year. If you look at his age – his age, he actually should have been drafted this year. Uh, he came out super, super early as a, a redshirt sophomore out of Ohio State. And there were like, you know, out of all the wide receivers drafted, there were like nine or ten receivers that are older than uh, Curtis Samuel uh, in, in this draft. So, And apparently he's been ripping up training camp. Evan, do you manscape? I, I don't know what that is. You don't know what manscaping is? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you about manscaped.com, and then you can tell me if you've ever manscaped. All right? I can't believe you never heard of manscaping. Even before I heard of manscaped, I knew what manscaping was. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, Evan Silva. Manscaped, should, they should sponsor EstablishTheRun.com, too. That's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. I've had some incidents. They were not real pleasant. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. They've also got... Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It matters. It's hot out there. You got to make sure you're not chafing or uncomfortable. Here's the deal. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code FEAST. Now do you know what I'm talking about? I actually literally just got a a package in the mail. 
and I opened it, and it was Manscaped stuff. So I'll be putting it to use uh, very shortly. Thank you for the recommendation, Ross. I, I like it. All right, very good. Let's get to tier number six. We'll start with starting wide receiver, evidently, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dante Moncrief. Then Geronimo Allison, you already talked about him a little bit. Devin Funches, D.D. Westbrook, Deshaun Jackson, who's been lighting up Eagles camp. All kinds of talk about how he's running so many more routes and doing so much more than just deep posts and deep nine routes. Nikhil Harry is next. He's had some drops in New England. That usually doesn't work out real well. D.K. Metcalf, Deshaun Hamilton, Paris Campbell, and wow. Wow, wow, wow. Josh Gordon makes your tier six. Yeah. Um, So these are upside wide receiver four slash fives that um, usually you start looking at maybe in the ninth round, um, like rounds nine through 14, something like that. Rounds nine through 13, probably. Um, By all accounts, Dante Moncrief has taken a big lead on James Washington for the Steelers' number two receiver job. Uh, even there has even been buzz that Deontay Johnson, their rookie, um, has outplayed James Washington. Deontay Johnson, I think, would actually play in the slot. Uh, he's not like a big or fast guy. And then um, Dante Moncrief and Juju would be outside. I think you would prefer Juju to be in the slot if you're drafting Juju this year, um, because just less ways for him to be double teamed and higher, you know, higher percentage routes in the slot. So. Uh, but, you know, that's a, a situation. Dante Moncrief is definitely going to be on the outside. He's always played the outside in the NFL. Uh, but it looks like he's the number two receiver right now in Pittsburgh on a team that led the NFL in pass attempts last year. Geronimo Allison, favorite for slot work. I think that he, he just reminds me a lot of Mohamed Sanu. You know, um, kind of his body type is similar, a little bit skinnier, but, uh, you know, neither guy is particularly fast. Uh, but they're kind of like route savvy and their quarterbacks trust them. Um, and I think that that's going to help Geronimo Allison. You know, through four games last year, he was on pace for 1,156 yards through four games. It's a small sample size, but he was very, very involved. Devin Hunches, Devin Funches went to Indianapolis on a one-year, $10 million deal. He is slotted in as Andrew Luck's number two receiver opposite T.Y. Hilton. D.D. Uh, Westbrook is the clear number one in Jacksonville. And he's going to have better quarterback play. He's not going to have elite quarterback play, but he's going to have better quarterback play than he did last year. And he had over 100, tar- 100 targets last year. Uh, and, you know, you go back and look at Nick Foles' history, he very much has been willing to target the heck out of slot receivers, whether it be Nelson Aguilar in Philadelphia or um, Tavon Austin was his he- most heavily targeted receiver uh, with the Rams. Um D-Jack still has it, man. Um, he led the NFL in yards per reception last year. He's led the NFL in yards per reception in two of the last three years. He was number eight among 96 qualified receivers in yards per route run. Um, very, very much still has it. He's not going to be consistent. You know, we talked earlier about how many weapons and only one ball to go around uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, but I, he's going to have big games, and I love to hear that Carson Wentz and, and him are already kind of on the same page, and they've emphasized that because Carson Wentz, even going back to um, North Dakota State, 
his uh, one of the knocks on him has been his deep ball. Uh, but it, it was very good in 2017, uh, but not as good in his other two years. Uh, but, you know, sometimes that can be just a product of the receivers that he has. And now he's got the best deep threat in the NFL of the past decade, or at least one, you know, a top three deep threat. Yeah, Nikhil Harry, all the reports on him have been mixed. Uh, even going back to OTAs and minicamp and in training camp, uh, he has kind of mixed in with the first team, but he's mostly been with the twos. That's not out of the ordinary for a rookie, but the reports about his on-field play, I mean, he's been getting outplayed by uh, Maurice Harris, you know, an undrafted guy who's been in the league for like three or four years. He's gotten unplayed, outplayed by Jacoby Myers, an undrafted rookie this year. Um, Julian Edelman hasn't even been in there. So Nikhil Harry has not un- been unable to take advantage uh, of those extra reps that he's gotten with no Edelman there uh, and no Josh Gordon there. If Josh Gordon comes back, that's not going to bode well for Nikhil Harry. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think another he's going to be very inconsistent, but he had the best 10-yard split of any player, not just wide receiver, of any player at the 2019 Combine. So he, I mean, and you can see it on his old Miss tape. Like he just explodes off the line of scrimmage, his get-off at the line of scrimmage. He, he's going to be tough to cover from that standpoint. And then imagine when Russell Wilson is improvising outside the pocket for three, four, five seconds. You know, DK Metcalf, like who's going to cover him in the open field for four seconds? You know, good luck. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton at wide receiver 50 missed about two weeks of training camp with a hamstring injury. Uh, he did just get back. I think he's got a shot to lead the Broncos in catches. You know, I think that Cortland Sutton leads them in air yards and, and probably receiving yards. But I think Deshaun Hamilton can leave them, lead them in catches and maybe targets. Paris Campbell was ripping up training camp, and now he's been out for a week with a hamstring injury. I hate these hamstring injuries. Um, you know, you just got to let him heal. Uh, but that's it's what it sounds like they're doing in Indianapolis. Frank Reich loves this dude. Super, super explosive. He's going to play primarily slot receiver between Funchess and T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis in a high-powered attack. Uh, Josh Gordon rounds out the tier at wide receiver 52. He recently filed for reinstatement to the NFL. I do not think in any scenario he will be eligible for week one because I think that they'll like tack on an extra little suspension. Uh, but the Patriots have operated as if they anticipate having Josh Gordon. They tendered him in restricted free agency. You know, that he signed the tender. He has a contract for 2019. Uh, and Tom Brady has, like, kind of taken him under his wing and, you know, worked worked out with him during the offseason. We don't know. We don't have clarity yet on Josh Gordon. Maybe he won't even play at all this year. You know, that's happened a bunch in recent seasons. But there is a point in the draft where I think that he's worth worth drafting, and that is wide receiver 52. Ahead of the guys you have in Tier 7, a lot of young guys here, James Washington, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, Albert Wilson, Golden Tate. Anthony Miller is a very popular breakout candidate when you talk to people. Michael Gallup, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker. Yeah, these are late-round flyers. Uh, I think that there, you know, there are stories you can tell yourself about where they can get to like a wide receiver f- three slash four output 
if things go right for them. Um, but they're very much, you know, late round guys, even like, like some of these guys are not going to get drafted in, you know, 10 man, uh, 15 round drafts. Like these, these guys aren't even worth drafting, but there are a lot of people that play in 12 men, 18 round drafts. And these guys are going to get drafted in those. Um, James Washington sounds like he's losing ground in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's still going to get opportunities in preseason. Uh, so I'm not writing him off, but definitely moved him down. Marquise Brown was the most explosive receiver in this year's draft. God, so much fun to watch. Uh, and he you know, was the number one receiver for Baker at Oklahoma. And then he was also the number one receiver for uh, Kyler Murray uh, last season. Um, he needs Lamar Jackson to take a second-year passing leap. But that's what Lamar J- Jackson did from year to year at Louisville. He got better every year as a passer. And um, the, uh, in this training camp, like the, the reviews of Lamar Jackson have been really promising. We'll see if he can translate that into preseason games, build a little, build a little bit more confidence. Dante Pettis is, the, I think, the, the clear favorite, really, for number one uh, wideout duties in San Francisco. Uh, but Debo Samuel, I mean, they, the 49ers drafted him 36th overall. Uh, he was the uh, third receiver taken. In this draft, Dante Pettis went 44th the year before. Um, so, you know, they're kind of on uh, level playing fields when it comes to de- developing an on-field rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there last year when Dante Pettis was having, you know, big games down the stretch. Um, Albert Wilson was on pace for almost 1,000 yards from scrimmage last year before he suffered a hip injury uh, after seven games. The target competition is soft in Miami. That's why Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker have enough opportunity to just make it into the top uh, 65 receivers. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think that he's probably going to need um, like Amari Cooper to, to miss time in order to really become a fantasy starter. Uh, but he is worth drafting in uh, like best ball leagues as a wide receiver six. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, that's 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 about it. Anthony Miller, you mentioned seven touchdowns last season, uh, second among rookie wide receivers, played his rookie season in a, in a shoulder harness. I mean, he had a dislocated shoulder, and he talked about how he felt the shoulder come out of place five or six times over the course of the season, only missed one game. Tough dude. Um, Golden Tate dropped from wide receiver 42 to wide receiver 57 when his uh, four-game suspension was announced. Um, so, yeah, that we can move on to the, the last one. Two more, actually. You've got a Tier 8 and a Tier 9. A lot of names here in Tier 8. It really is interesting to see some of the guys that you have in, like, Tier 5 and 6 and then Tier 8. Um, these are kind of guys that are way down the line. A.J. Brown. Marquise Goodwin's a little surprising to me. Antonio Callaway. Trey Quinn has been like, I feel like he's like the only established Redskin wide receiver. Andy Isabella, Travis Benjamin, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Mohamed Sanu, John Brown. The Robert Foster thing, I, I just don't get. It seems like he's down on the depth chart in Buffalo. We need to talk about that one. Tyrell Williams, Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson. David Moore, Nelson Aguilar, Philip Dorsett, 
Marquise Lee, Quincy Anunwa, and Ted Ginn. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> these are like wide receiver six types who um, could fall or rise based on preseason news. Um, and we already have enough of it that we, that we can discuss. I mean, I can't talk about all these guys. And the next tier is even more dudes. Um, but I'll just point out a few guys. So a few guys that have risen or fallen. A.J. Brown has fallen because he hasn't even practiced so far uh, with a hamstring injury at Titans camp. Marquise Goodwin has fallen. He's not a starter anymore. Um, and there has even been talk that he could lose his roster spot uh, in San Francisco. Uh, Antonio Callaway has fallen because he has not been able to earn that third receiver job in Cleveland. Uh, Rashard Higgins is playing ahead of him. Uh, Trey Quinn has risen. He has stayed healthy in training camp. And as you mentioned, he's kind of like the, the, the Redskins' only truly entrenched starting receiver. I guess Paul Richardson probably is too, uh, but Josh Doxson isn't. Um, and then, uh, Andy Isabella, uh, he has been injured as well. He has suffered, uh, or he's been out with a knee injury. Um, I don't think, I don't think it's serious, but, um, it has stunted his progress. The guy who has made waves in Cardinals camp, the rookie is Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, he will be a guy to watch closely this preseason. Travis Benjamin has risen. Uh, I thought that Dylan Cantrell, uh, six round pick out of Texas Tech, uh, in 2018, might be able to put some heat on him for the third receiver job, but Dylan Cantrell already got waived injured. Um, so it's down to just Artavis Scott, who's like a little slow, little slow uh, slot receiver, um, and Travis Benjamin brings a, a you know a, a a characteristic of his game, a trait in the ability to run really, really damn fast down the football field. Um, that you know is kind of rare and can be useful uh, even on plays where he's not getting the ball. Uh, Michael Hardman has has fallen because of because Tyreek Hill has not uh, was not suspended, but Michael Hardman has um, generated some some buzz. Uh, so he's an, and I think he will get a ton of run in the preseason. Only had 59 catches in his entire college career at Georgia, where they they run the ball a lot. Um, but he's he's a really really explosive player. Can play in the slot. Can play outside. Actually reminded me of Marquise Goodwin a lot uh, coming out of college. Demarcus Robinson right now is in the driver's seat to be that number three receiver on the Chiefs behind Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Muhammad Sanu, you know, we kind of just know what he is at this point. Robert Foster has fallen, uh, running behind Zay Jones and Cole Beasley and um, uh, John Brown. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I need to move up these rankings. Uh, he is too low, uh, and I will do that right as soon as we are done with this show. I think that he has a chance to lead the Jets in targets or at least compete with Le'Veon Bell uh, for that distinction and, and Robbie Anderson. I think that he's, he's going to be in the mix to get 100 targets uh, and, and possibly uh, quite a bit more. Uh, David Moore has run, run uh, as a first-team receiver at Seahawks camp. Like to see that. Marquise Lee has continued to be out. I don't even know if he's going to be ready for week one at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, that's those are kind of the – oh, we'll talk about one, one last guy, Tyrell Williams. Uh, I, that's not a guy that, that I'm, not, I'm not interested in him. Um, this is not a high-volume team in terms of offensive plays. The Raiders are not a high-volume team in terms of pass plays. Antonio Brown is going to dominate targets there. And – uh, Tyrell Williams has 
really been, according to camp reports, used as a low-volume deep threat, and they're actually using Antonio Brown closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, well, Antonio Brown hasn't practiced very much, but that's apparently the intent. And then Tyro Williams uh, will, will be on the perimeter a lot more. Um, just, just not, you know, maybe he'll have a random big play, kind of like he did toward the end of his Chargers career, but not a guy that I really want on my fantasy team. That's why he is my season-long fantasy team. That's why he's this low. All right, so then we've got Tier 9. And there's some interesting names in Tier 9, especially the first couple, Evan. Maurice Harris got a lot of love in Patriots camp. Deontay Johnson, I told you about him. I talked about him on the College Draft podcast when I watched the Toledo versus Miami video last year before I called the Toledo game against Nevada. Then you've got Danny Amendola, Adam Humphreys, Cole Beasley, Randall Cobb. You've got some guys that have pretty nice contracts, some guys locked in the slot roles. You still don't like them. Traquan Smith, Equinemia St. Brown, John Ross, hamstring injury. Unbelievable. That's like his life. Taylor Gabriel, Willie Sneed, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Richard Higgins, Taewon Taylor, Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, DJ Chark, Jalen Hurd, I know you like him, Keelan Cole, Cameron Meredith, Jake Kumaro, Byron Pringle. I got to be honest with you, Evan, I don't even know who Byron Pringle is. Is that a real name? That's the, uh, the only time I think we've ever done this where I don't know that I don't recognize a guy's name, Byron Pringle. It's kind of sad to see Emmanuel Sanders at the bottom of tier nine. Those are some of the names that jumped out to me. Yeah, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is just a guy that I scratched off my cheat sheets. He is, um, and I, I suppose I could be wrong about him, you know, but he's a 32-year-old guy returning from a late-season Achilles tear. And, you know, the reports on him have been positive. That's good. I, you know, I just I, I don't trust him, like, at all. So I just – and he always goes, like, in the ninth round. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not – like, I'm, I'm just taking him out of my queue. You know, he's not – in the mix for me at all. Um, if you disagree with that, if you're a Broncos fan or something, you know, put them, you know, move them up your own ranks, but not for me. I, I do not draft 32 year old receivers coming off late season Achilles stairs ever. Um, Maurice Harris. Yes. He has generated some buzz at Patriots camp. You know, the Patriots have had a lot of success with guys like Maurice Harris in the past, like Rache Caldwell and um, I don't know, Jabbar Gaffney and, you know, the, the kind of clear-cut possession receivers, but they can run routes. They catch everything. Maurice Harris has one drop in 65 career targets, uh, and they can play inside and out. And, you know, if Josh Gordon doesn't come back and Philip Dorsett kind of continues to be Philip Dorsett and Nikhil Harry continues to struggle, uh, you know, just with the, the nuances of playing in the NFL, Maurice Harris is going to be on the field. And, you know, he could have some, some decent games. Deontay Johnson, one of the best return guys in the draft. Always like to see that on a smaller receiver's profile. And, you know, not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but apparently has outplayed James Washington so far in Steelers camp. Um, yeah, Danny Amendola, Adam Humphreys, Cole Beasley, Randall Cobb. The reason that these guys are here in this tier and they they do a lot of them do have some uh, some decent contracts and kind of secure roles but they are slot receivers on run first teams and 
that's not really what that you don't you don't want that. You, you we could we could definitely do with uh, slot receivers on teams that are going to um, uh, throw the ball a decent amount, or that they're you know like the clear cut number one like D.D. Westbrook in Jacksonville and Jackson, and he has a, more, a lot more big play ability than Danny Amendola, Adam Humphreys, Cole Beasley, or Randall Cobb. Um, but these guys like need volume. You know, they're, they're not going to average any more than like 10 or 11 yards per catch. They've never really been big touchdown guys. So they need a lot of volume and they're not going to get that on run first teams. Um, Traquan Smith is interesting. Can he overtake Ted Ginn in new Orleans Iquanimia St. Brown sounds like he's really falling behind the back, the pack. John Ross, you mentioned the human hamstring pull uh, out for uh, multiple weeks already. I mean, is he even going to be a starter? Like, this is a new coaching regime. You know, they don't they didn't invest in him. Um, he was last in the NFL in yards per route run. I mean, his his trajectory is just you know just on you're on a freight train going downhill toward the word bust. I mean, that, that's where John Ross is, if he's not there already. Uh, apparently, the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has cooled off a little bit since uh, uh, OTAs in minicamp. Um, I read uh, recently from Jeff McLean of the Philly Inquirer that he's really more of a work in progress, uh, and they don't anticipate uh, early season impact from him. Rashard Higgins should probably move up, but I still think that Antonio Callaway is the optimal Cleveland Browns third receiver and he can kind of if he can kind of get his act together then he can win that job back but Rashard Higgins has got it so far he's been playing the Z receiver with Jarvis Landry in the slot and Odell Beckham as the X I think that Antonio Callaway would make more sense like from a configuration standpoint as the other outside receiver and then with Jarvis Landry in the slot because Antonio Callaway just got so much more speed Rashard Higgins kind of like a technician receiver uh, but either way, that's a camp battle that I think is a little bit underrated. Taewon Taylor has fallen in Tennessee, unfortunately. Hopefully he gets a lot of run this preseason because he can make big plays. Uh, Tim Patrick led the Broncos in receiving yards in the last four games of last season. Uh, I think he can play. Uh, I remember watching him uh, at Utah uh, uh, playing against Adoree Jackson uh, of USC, who was a first-round pick. And Tim Patrick, like, kind of, kind of worked him. Um, and I've, I've always thought that he can play. He's uh, a really, he's big and he's a great athlete. Um, and he flashed last season for sure. Jalen Hurd talked about him. He's really more of a dynasty prospect. You can go and listen to our, our dynasty shows. Um, but so, I, and I don't think he's going to necessarily make a big first team, first year impact. But you know, at at his peak, he could be the starting, uh, like a big slot receiver, like the Marcus Colston role, plus a short yardage back. He's 6'5", 225. Um, and he was really good short yardage slash goal line back, uh, even at Baylor when he really moved away from the running back position because that's what he was primarily at Tennessee. Uh, but he continued to be used in short yardage and goal line situations uh, at Baylor and he also was their starting slot receiver. I mean, that's like a that's like a dream scenario in fantasy. You have a starting receiver who also is getting goal line carries. You know, he he's like he breaks the he breaks the machine. Um, Keelan Cole, I I'm rooting for him. Um, he just he, he got benched last year. You know, he he lost confidence. 
He dropped too many passes. He fumbled. He fell behind DJ Chark. Uh, but I think that I still think that there's a chance that he could be their best uh, out, best pure outside receiver if he can get uh, his confidence back and you know um, just get everything rolling again. Uh, so he will be a guy to watch closely in preseason. Cameron Meredith recently picked up by the Patriots. Jake Kumaro, uh, he it looks like he's been running as the Packers' number four receiver. Byron Pringle is a fast dude, a little fast dude, uh, who uh, we've played at K-State, and he's kind of buried on the depth chart right now, but he will be a guy to look at closely in the preseason. That wraps it, wraps it up, man. What are we doing Next week, are we doing defenses or O-line? Next week, we are doing defenses. The week after, we are doing O-line. And are you really going to make me have to look up what team Byron Pringle plays for? <laughs> he plays Chiefs. for the Chiefs. He plays for the Chiefs. 6-1-2-0-3. Who knows? Um, uh, love it. Thank you, Evan. He ran in the four threes. But All right, cool. Defenses next week. Later. Evan, that was amazing. A ton of sleepers there, which I love because you don't want to sleep on these folks, which is why you should probably go ahead and get the sleeper app from my guy, Daniel Lim. It's a top 20 sports app. So many features. Tiered PPR. Hmm, sounds familiar. FAAB trading, draft pick trading, multi-team trades, full dynasty league support, open 365 days a year, plus ridiculous mock draft support. Mock draft with your league settings, place keepers into the draft board for a customized mock draft experience. Mock against the computer or users every day. They're also building dark, night mode. They got all kinds of stuff. Game day experience. You can buy NFL mascots. So cool. Sleeper app. Number one rated fantasy app on Android and on iPhone. Make sure you check out the Sleeper app. Other than that, I am totally stuffed. Cannot wait for next next week. How about a little defense and special teams, Mr. Silva? That'll be fun. I don't think we've ever done that before. Breaking records, but we had several of you request, hey, can you do tiers for D and special teams? Sure. Why not? I was all state. We can make it rain in here, or at least Evan can make it rain here. Then we'll get into the O-line tiers, which are always a very, very popular show. Other than that, can't wait to see how many of you send in your Manscaped orders or your Patreon orders, patreon.com slash RT Media, so that you can be the ones that get in the redraft league with Evan and I next week. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Except we're not done yet, voice guy, because I want to make sure the last thing you hear today before you go out into the world is betonline.ag. Promo code podcast one. You've gotten all of the info from Evan. Okay. You know now 
wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, you now know exactly what to do in terms of prop bets. Take the knowledge. Use the knowledge. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code podcast one. Get the 50% welcome bonus and win. Cash in on Evan's big brain. BetOnline.ag, promo code podcast one.